0: Why don't we turn this morning to uh, to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to do a little bit of reading, uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4. I actually really feel like this morning the Lord actually wants to, to bring a word to us individually. I feel like each of us this, this morning, the Lord wants to actually bring a word. Um, and, and for many of us, I think it's actually something that he's already shared with us in the past. And I feel like this morning that uh, the, the I guess what's... What I feel the Lord doing is wanting to remind us about what he said in the past. The promises, the things that he's spoken over us. And for some of us, maybe we've, we've ignored those things that the Lord said. Maybe for some of us, we've gone, no, no, no I, I don't believe that. Maybe some of us are still holding on to those promises, still holding on to those, those scriptures and those prophetic words that the Lord shed. But I feel like today the Lord wants to, he, he wants to recall that to our minds. He wants to bring that back and he wants us, it, it, it's almost like I feel like it's like a new day for us to believe that word again. And so we, like like Carol was saying, we're actually going to have a bit of ministry time at the end because I really feel like the Lord really wants to, um, to, to, to really minister to people today. And so I'm going to, my, my message might not be that long and we're going to really spend some time just letting the Holy Spirit come and do what he wants to do. Sound good? It's good for me because I don't really like talking that long anyway, so that works well. <laughs> We're going to talk about rest, and you know, rest—rest rest is really, really important. Who, who knows? Rest is important. Yes, some of us are probably going home after the service today for some rest. <laughs> yes. Rest is really important, and you know we actually know even even looking at just how rest actually affects our bodies. There's plenty of plenty of uh, scientific research and, and studies and things that that show how how rest really uh, impacts our health, and and obviously the the opposite of that is you know when we don't rest and and stress and things like that, that the negative impact that those things have on our health, but. Aside from that, we know rest is really important because because it's in here. Because because God rested. God actually rested. God modelled it for us. Right back in the beginning, in the beginning when when the Lord created the universe, he created everything in it. Genesis chapter 2 says, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he... Rested. Everyone say rested. How many know? How many? You know. I I, I guess I propose that the Lord doesn't actually get tired. <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? The Lord rested, but not because he was tired. He didn't come home. You know, back to heaven. Jesus is there. The angels are there, and he comes back and he's like, oh, you know, it's been such a hard six days, creating all the universe. I've done all this work, you know, I just, I just come back, I just want to just lie down on the, on the couch and, and relax and rest. Who knows that didn't happen? God didn't rest because he was exhausted. He didn't rest because he was tired. He actually rested because he was modelling what he wanted us to do. This is the example that he set us. He rested. It's got to be important. Who knows if God does it, I think you and I probably need to do some rest as well. <laughs> Not only did did he actually model rest for us. We actually see, you know, in 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 Exodus where he actually commanded rest. He commanded the Israelites to have a day of rest. It was one of the 10 commandments to keep the Sabbath day. In um Exodus, Exodus 20, verse 8 says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord, and on it you shall not do any work. He actually commanded, this is how important rest is, that he commanded us or commanded the Israelites to have a day of rest. And in fact, he actually got mad at them when they didn't. <laughs> That's how important rest is. And even if we, it, even if we look at the, the scriptures around the, the, the Israelites having rest, we see, you know, when they were in the wilderness, who knows the story about how God would actually provide, he would supernaturally provide food for them each morning. They would go out in the morning, they would collect the food, and if they collected more than what was needed for that one day, what would happen? It would go off. Any, any extra they had would go off, would go rotten, except before the Sabbath day. God would supernaturally provide on that, that day before so that they could have enough again for that next day. He was supernaturally providing for them so they could have a day of rest. I feel like some people need to hear that this morning. God was providing supernaturally so that they could have a day of rest. So we know rest is really, really important. God modelled it. It's here in the Scriptures. He values it. And, and what's important for us to understand is that God designed rest to be uh, to, to be a way of living. Do you know what I mean? It, rest is not like it's not a quick fix. Some of us are trying to catch up on years of rest by like a weekend away up the coast. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? It doesn't work. It's a, what what God is wanting us to have is it's, it's a lifestyle of rest. It's a it's a it's a very strange concept, especially to the world. A lifestyle of rest. Most people will probably just think, oh, that, that means you're lazy. <laughs> but the Lord actually wants us to have a lifestyle of rest. And so this morning, that's, that, that's what I want to talk about. Um, and I feel like, like I said before, that the Lord is just going to speak to us this morning. Individually, I feel like there are things that the Lord wants to put on your heart. And, and we're going to spend some time praying, and, and, and I feel like the, the Holy Spirit wants to minister And bring some revelations to people today. And I just encourage you to open your heart. Just open your heart this morning. Let him come. Let him just begin to begin to to bring a word into your heart. Begin to plant a seed. Begin to share. Just open your hearts to him this morning. Can we do that? Let's pray, eh? Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place this morning. We say, come and have your way. Come and do whatever you want to do in this place. Lord, we open it up to you. Lord, we come with our, our hearts open to hear your word this morning. We put aside our, our, our week. We put aside our, our issues, the things going on in our life right now. We put them aside and we just say, Lord, come and speak to us this morning. Lord, I ask for a revelation a fresh revelation of who you are and every single person in this place this morning, Lord, that we will not leave this building the same. Lord, we will not leave this place the same today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at um, Hebrews Hebrews 3. I'm going to do a little bit of reading. I think they're gonna, they should be able to put it up on the screen. Hebrews 3, let's, um, we're going to go from verse 12. Um, so I encourage you this morning just to, just to follow along. And uh, I'll, I'll do my best to try and get through this. Verse 12, says, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years when it wasn't? Sorry. And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Chapter 4, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared his rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, In my anger I took an oath they will never enter my place of rest. Even though his rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of, because of the place in the Scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day God rested from all his work. But in the other passage God said, They will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard his good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. It's just, let's just stop there. I just want to give some, some context, I guess, to that, to that scripture. And, and the scriptures, um, it's, it's, it's referring to the, the Israelites, how they went from Egypt into the promised land. And the promised land in this scripture is actually referred to as rest. It's, it's the Lord's rest. And so the Israelites, they, they left Egypt. God brought them out of Egypt and he said to them, I'm gonna give you the promised land. That was that was his promise. That's what he said. And we know that they you know they they traveled through the wilderness. The, the the journey was meant to be 40 days for them to get to the promised land, but it ended up taking them like 40 years wandering around in the in the wilderness. But when they first they first traveled from Egypt to the promised land, they got to the edge of the promised land. And we know the story, you know, they, they sent 12 spies. They spent, sent 12 spies into the promised land to, you know, to, to suss it all out. Come, come and report back to the people what you see. And so we see these 12 spies, they go into the promised land. And uh, I, I believe they spent about 40 days in the promised land. And they come back to the people and they give their report. They all agreed on one thing. All 12 of them agreed that that place, that promised land, was better than what they ever imagined. That place of rest was better than what they ever imagined. They said they describe it as a place flowing with milk and honey, better than what they could ever imagine. But but who knows that we 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 know the story that two of them, Joshua and Caleb, had something different to say about what to do next than the rest of the spies. And I just want to I just want to read that. Uh, it's in it's in Numbers thirteen, verse thirty. Listen to listen to the listen to the words of Caleb compared to the words of the other spies that went into this land. Caleb said. Let's go now and take possession. Let's go now and take possession of the land. We should be more than able to conquer it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They are too strong. We can't can't go in there. Those people are too strong. And so, as we know, because of that, because of that, they end up wandering around in the wilderness for the next 40 years until every single one of that generation died. And it was only Caleb and Joshua who ended up going in the Promised Land. And I find it so interesting that we, when, we, when we look at these, these, these spies, how they had all experienced the exact same thing. They'd all come from Egypt. They'd all been set free. They'd all experienced the, the, the mighty power of God. Time and time again they would have seen miracles and signs and wonders walking through the wilderness. And yet they get there and suddenly they've got something different. Suddenly they're like, no, no, we can't do that. And this is, this is where it refers to in that scripture where it says that their unbelief it was that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. But we know that Joshua and Caleb, the two out of, I think most sort of scholars believe there was somewhere around about two million people, two million people who left Egypt to go to the promised land. Out of that only two, only two actually believed the word of God when he said, I'm going to give you that land. He said, that's your inheritance. I'm giving it to you. And only two held on to that promise and said, this is what God said. Let's go and take possession. And it was only those two that ended up entering his rest. So because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. I just want to make I I just want to make two points this morning. Two points about about rest. And you know the the first thing I find it very interesting how in this scripture that it actually refers to the promised land as rest. It's interesting because I consider what was going on in the wilderness compared to what was expected to happen in the promised land. In the wilderness, the Lord was supernaturally providing for them. It was a place of miracles, signs, wonders. God was leading them. It was, it was almost like a, a place where, where the Lord was actually doing everything for them. And if I compare that to the promised land, where, where the expectation when they're in the promised land, is that they have to now go and plant their crops and work the fields and dig the wells, you know, all all that kind of stuff. And I find that so interesting that the Lord refers to that as rest. That's the place of rest. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like it would be nice and restful if the Lord just provided everything for me. (laughs) But it's interesting that that's the place that he says is rest. Rest. And so from, from that, it's, what, what I want us to understand is that rest, rest is not the absence of activity. Although that definitely does help. Rest is not just stopping work. Rest is not just, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here. Because how many know that, and, and this is funny because this is really what the Lord's actually been speaking to me about over the last few months. How many know that you can finish work at the end of the day? You can go home from work. But when you get home, if you're still thinking about those things that happened at work, and you're still thinking about the problems, you're still thinking about, oh, there's this issue I've got to sort out the next day, what am I going to do? And if, and if you get home and you're supposed to be resting, but all you're doing is thinking about work, who knows? Who knows? You're not resting. <laughs> Any anybody relate to that? Is it just me? I'm, I'm I'm definitely talking to some people. It's not rest if you get back from home, and and all you're thinking about is the problems, is the challenges, is everything else that's going on at work. Who knows that you can you can even take a holiday. You can go to the fanciest resort there is you can lounge by the pool in the nice big you know lounge chairs you can be lying there relaxing with a drink you could I don't know some of you like camping that's I guess a thing too <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to relax when you're camping <laughs> maybe that's yeah you, you just like sitting around in the in the bush. <laughs> In the quiet. Who knows though? If you you could be doing that, you could be just lying there, it could be peaceful and quiet. But who knows if you're if you're thinking of, if you're there on holiday and all you're doing is thinking about those bills that are waiting for you when you get back home, it's not rest. It's not rest. We, we know what I'm talking about. We can relate. This has been something the Lord has really been challenging me lately. If if I finish my activity, but I'm constantly in in my mind still thinking about it, still worrying about it, still concerned about what I need to do, it's not rest. So the point I want to make this morning, my my, my first point is that rest is not the absence of activity. It is the presence of peace. Peace rest is not the absence of activity but the presence of peace it is only it is only when we have peace that we're actually able to rest it's only through peace that we can rest and the lord wants us to be in a place where where it actually does not matter what's going on in our life this is really challenging it doesn't matter what season you're in. It doesn't matter what challenges you face. The Lord wants us to be able to have rest and peace no matter what what's going on in our life. It's it's a hard thing. It's hard. Because Maybe you're facing something that you've never faced before. Maybe you've got bills that you can't pay. Maybe you've received a a, a, a report from the doctor that is just something you can't you can't deal with. The Lord is saying He still he, he still wants us. Despite everything that's going on, he still wants us to be able to rest. He wants us to have peace. And the thing is that peace peace comes through trusting his word. Peace comes when we when we believe that what he says is true, and this is where, I, where where I was saying earlier this morning. I feel like the Lord is wanting to bring back, bring back to mind things that He's actually said to us in the past. I feel like there are some people here this morning that, you know, you're 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 going through a season that's quite difficult, and and the Lord has actually given you a promise sometime in the past, and whether you've just forgotten or or, or maybe. Maybe you just pushed it aside and didn't want to believe it. I feel like this morning the Lord wants to bring that back. And I feel like he's specifically saying, it's, it's, it's a new day today. It's a new day. I'm going to bring back this word for you. And I want you to hold on to it. And I want you to believe it. So that no matter what we, what's going on in our life, no matter what we're facing when we stop our activity, when we stop work, and everything quietens down, we can rest. We can have peace. I actually feel like this this particular thing has actually been, been spoken quite a few times in this church in the last sort of maybe six months or so. We've had quite a few people come up and share about this whole thing about holding on to the promises of God. You know, when the Lord speaks, when he he speaks into our life, when he shares something with us, we actually have this responsibility to actually steward that that word. It's, it's, It's our responsibility to actually believe what he says. And just like the the spies that got that went into the promised land, we've got that responsibility. We can choose to say this is what God said. I'm holding on to it. It does not matter about my circumstances. It does not matter what I can see. This is what he said and I believe it. This this the scripture we were reading says Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. And I feel like this morning, I feel like this morning the Lord's going to begin to, to speak to us. And this this scripture that says, "Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts." The implication of that is that we have a choice. We've got a responsibility. When the Lord speaks today, you can choose. To harden your heart and say, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to believe that. I can't believe that. I refuse to believe that." Or we have a choice to say, "Okay, it, uh, it, it may seem impossible. It may seem unlikely. It may seem ridiculous what he says, but that's what he said." And I'm holding on to it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm reminded of, I'm reminded of Noah. When the Lord said to him you know, I'm going to bring rain in seven days. And so he had to get on, the, get on the boat with all the animals. And can you imagine being on the ark with all the animals on a nice blue sky clear day? And he had to wait for seven days before it rained. you imagine how everyone was mocking him? Day after day, people would come and be like, look, there's Noah with all the animals in the boat and it's like blue sky, there's no chance of rain day after day how easy it would have been for Noah to, to just harden his heart and say you know what, what God said isn't going to happen what God said is, is, is you know, maybe I heard wrong <laughs> but he, he held on to that promise the Lord said seven days so he waited I believe him and we all know the story God brought rain him and his family were saved I feel like this morning just, you know, the the Lord is again encouraging us to remember what he said, the promises, the promises that he's given us in the past. He's going to begin to recall them to us this morning. And he wants us to hold on to them. He wants us to believe them. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled. Hebrews four verse three, what we were just reading there, it says, "For only we who believe can enter his rest. Only we who believe can enter his rest." So if if unbelief, if unbelief is what stops us from entering his rest, then it's faith. It is faith that then allows us to enter into his rest. So the first point was rest is not the absence of activity, but it is the presence of peace. The second point I want to share I you know I I spent a bit of time thinking about this this particular point and and sort of how to word how to word it and this is I guess this is just what I kept coming back to this is what the Lord said Point number 2 is my assurance that he is a good father allows me to rest the assurance in my life that he is a good father allows me to rest you know it's so it's it, it's so simple yet somehow so profound when we have this simple belief that he is a good father it so changes our it so changes our perspective when we understand and we believe that he is actually who he said he is, that he is actually faithful, that he never leaves us, and we've got this, this assurance that he is a good father. Because how many know that if, you know, if, we, if we believe that he is a good father, It doesn't matter the season that we're in. It doesn't matter the trials that we're going through. By the way, there's no promise in here that says you won't face any trials. I don't know if you, if you knew that. <laughs> in fact, it actually says, um, what's, is it in James? Consider it consider it all joy. Consider it a joy when you face trials. There's some good news for you this morning. doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter the situation, the doctor's report, the bills, the problems, the challenges, everything. None of that matters when you understand that He is a good Father. Come on, who believes that this morning? When He's a good Father, the, 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 the whole purpose is here that we, we're all going to face these things. We're all going to face trials. We're all going to have challenges and, and problems. But the thing is, when we put it in perspective, when we know that he is a good father, it, it, it doesn't matter. We're all going to face them. When I, when I believe he's a good father, I know that he's going to take care of it. We begin to believe things like, you know, where, where we saw the Israelites in, in the wilderness, where the Lord would supernaturally provide for, so that they could have a day of rest we begin to believe those things when we understand that the lord is a good father that's how he that's how he looks after us he would do anything my assurance that he is a good father allows me to enter rest you know if we don't if if we struggle to believe that he is a good father, then, then we'll struggle to believe that his word is true. If we don't believe he's a good father, the promises that he says, the things that he, that he speaks to us about, what will happen is that we will end up hardening our heart. And we won't believe that what he says is true. So this morning, I, you know, I, I really felt like the Lord just wanted to, to, to spend some time ministering to us this morning. I feel very specifically that the Lord actually wants to bring to mind things that He's spoken over us in the past. Maybe, maybe uh, you're in this place this morning and the Lord has given you scriptures in the past. Maybe He's given you prophetic words, visions, visions. And I feel like there are, there are some of us here this morning who have actually, there was a time when you believed. There was a time when you held on to those promises. But I feel like this morning, you, you're in that place where you kind of don't believe anymore. I feel like it's, it's almost like too much time has gone past. You feel like, well, I'm not sure that God's going to do that. This morning, I believe the Lord again wants to remind you of that. He wants to bring that back to mind and and it was like a new day. There's a new day today. He wants to bring that word back to you afresh and he wants you to say, to hold on to this word. Begin to believe it again. I might actually just ask if um, if the team can just come up. We might just do that, the goodness of God. Is this, is, is this making sense to anyone this morning? I, um, what, what I want to do is I feel like this morning we're going to open up the, the front here. We're going to open up the altar. and I, I want to encourage you this morning. if you want to hear, if you want a fresh word from the Lord this morning, if you want a fresh word, I, I encourage you to come down the front. I-, I understand, by the way, that the Lord does not need you to come down the front <laughs> to give you the word, just, just so you know. <laughs> but I want to encourage you this morning to take a step of faith. Say, you know what, I, I want a fresh word from the Lord. I'm going gonna- I'm gonna to put an action to that and I'm going to make my way down the front. if you want a fresh word from him this morning, because you want something to hold on to, whether or not you're, you're, you're in this season of, of, of challenges and, and there's lots, lots of uh, possibly negative things going on in your life, or whether you're in a great season, you want something to hold on to for the future. If you want, if you want a word from him this morning, I, I'm going to encourage you just to make your way down the front. We're going to begin to, to worship. We're going to begin to sing. I actually want to come and pray over some of you this morning. Can we, can we just stand in this place? Lord, I thank you for a fresh word. Lord, a fresh revelation of who you are. Lord begin to speak to us this morning begin to reveal yourself to us this morning Holy Spirit come and speak to our hearts. I feel actually someone someone here this morning there is someone here this morning who who is believing for, for breakthrough in area in the area of health in their life and I feel like I feel like you've, you've watched other people receive miracles. You've watched other people receive their healing, and you're still waiting for yours. And I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a hardness of your heart going, "God, why did they get it?" And I didn't. This morning, I feel like the Lord wants to just break that off. The Lord wants to break that off today. If that's you, I come and make your way to the front. Come and make your way to the front. Lord, we thank you. You break that off in Jesus' name. And I want to pray for people who actually, I feel like it's, uh, it, it's, it's a struggle with anxiety. And whenever you stop working, Whenever you stop being busy, you begin to get all these thoughts. You begin to have these thoughts of, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to get through this season? How am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to be able to survive? I feel, again, the Lord wants to come and give you a fresh word this morning. If that's you again, I encourage you to come down the front. Lord, come and have Your way this morning. Come and have Your way this morning. I feel like there's someone on this side of the room, really, really struggling with with the fact that how could God forgive them for what they did in the past? And I feel like, I feel like it's like whenever you, whenever you go into to, to that place of trying to rest suddenly all the the enemy brings those thoughts of look what you did look what you did how could you do that the Lord wants to break that off today we're going to we will break that off today in Jesus name thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord, bring a fresh fresh word today. Lord, come and speak to our hearts. Lord, come and move in this place this morning. Come and move in this place. Anyone else else in this place today that wants a fresh word from him, just make your way down the front. We're going to begin to worship in a moment. I just want you to turn your affection towards him. Turn your affection towards him. He says today is a new day. It's a new day today. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It's a new day. He wants to give you that word afresh. He wants to give you that word afresh today. I feel like Romans 8, is coming to mind. <laughs> but God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Lord, let that just sink into their hearts today. Let it sink into their hearts. Let's worship. Let's worship Him.